I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, hey there, stranger. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the West Brom Charlie Austin to my QPR Charlie Austin. It's Justin Peach. That one actually hurts. Because of Charlie Austin's fall from grace. Absolutely. He's nowhere near being a shadow of that player. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll get onto that in a sec. First of all, Justin, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I like your dressing gown. Thank you very much, you know, polka dots, yeah. bit of pink. Yeah, you're, you're rocking it. I like it. It's fashion. Is it because it's now winter and the seasons are closing in on us? They already have, because every season is a season? Yeah, yeah. But it's cold outside, it's dark, it's only six o'clock and it's pitch black outside. Bad times ahead. Yeah, yeah. It shows. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of games affected by the rain this weekend. One in particular, which we'll go on to in a sec. I thought but, you said other games were called off. What? No. Oh, no, no. Only one game's been called off, and we'll get to that in a sec. Mm. But let's stick with the games that have been on. First of all, the South Wales derby. Swansea mm. 1, Cardiff 0. Ben Wilmot with the only goal of the game. Both sides not in great form heading into this contest, but it ended up being relatively simple for Swansea. <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's a good result. You know, they stop a run of three without a win. Yeah, poor result in the week against Brentford. Um, and they could have easily scored four or five goals. They missed a lot of chances. Yep. So it's, it is more of a worry for Cardiff. I think, um, yeah. but as you say, Swansea in complete com- uh, complete control. Yeah, they could have, as you say, very easily <laughs> put more past Cardiff. I think let's focus on Cardiff first because their defensive problems. We spoke about them on Thursday. Mm-hmm. They were really on show yeah. in this game. The number of times Swansea had a breakaway where it was three on three mm-hmm. or two on two or even more Swansea attackers yeah. than Cardiff defenders was absolutely ridiculous. And we've given Aidan Flint a bit of stick Mm -hmm. recently, but I don't think he was actually too much at fault, really. Mm -hmm. Him and Sean Morrison were kind of left isolated at the back at times, and it was the rest of the side who were letting them down, not tracking back. No, absolutely. It's it's a weird thing to see a Warnock's-Cardiff team look so open. Mm. Um, As you say, you know, they're open defensively and they're being punished now. As, is, as as I mentioned a minute ago, Swansea could have scored four or five goals just from breakaways alone. You know, there's a there's a chance where Chilina could have just slotted one in, but his touch was a bit heavy. and Morrison got across. It was it was that easy for Swansea at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're now 14th in the table. The top of the championship <clears throat> is looking quite compact at the moment, mm-hmm. so it, it could easily be turned around with yeah. a couple of wins. Absolutely, but. With the way things are going with Cardiff, it's not been too inspiring, has it? No, no, it hasn't. Their their strength in their previous promotion season was the wide players scoring goals and, and the amount they created as well. And this season, Hoyle has two, Murphy has one, and that's it. And obviously Danny Ward's got four. They're not the same team they were. They're not near a team they were even last season. I know they got relegated, but they still looked quite dangerous at times. Um, they have to improve. Yeah, yeah. Well, Swansea, much needed win. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the front four that he played in mm. this game, which was Andre Ayew, Wayne Routledge, Bersant Salina and Nathan Dyer. It's a fluid front four oh, yeah. who they're constantly moving around, mm-hmm. swapping positions and caused Cardiff problems all afternoon, didn't yeah. they? No, definitely. Dyer and Routledge are a throwback um to, to previous years. They as you say, they're a fluid Four, but those two, their experience. You know, Rallage is he's always been a quality player, um, and he's been at Swansea. For what seems like a 
lifetime now. Mm. Um, and you add Chalina and AU into the mix. AU, we know, has got Premier League quality and Chalina has the ability to, to push that level. Oh, AU's got European football quality, hasn't Yeah, no, he? exactly. And he's he's played in World Cups. He's, he's a quality player and all four of them is a bit frightening for defences. Wayne Routledge, I think he's 35 now. Doesn't look a day over 23. Well, yeah, was that season for Palace when they got when they were in the Premier League? He doesn't look any older than he did that season, no. which is like 15 no. years ago. It's now. scary. Yeah, but if I looked <clears> as young <throat> as he did when I'm his age, I'll be a very, very happy man. But no, Swansea, <laughs> Swansea <laughs> desperately need to build on this win if they do want to finish in the playoffs because yeah. it has been. A very poor mm-hmm. few weeks. For yeah, absolutely. To... Um, you mentioned it the other day. What was their run of form? Like one win in six, seven, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So getting a win, this this can spark a run of good form. Getting a win over your rivals, and you know it was a, it was a good win because it was a dominating performance from Swansea. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go on then to we we'll have a lot to talk about in this game, Justin. West Brom two, Charlton two. A Josh Cullen penalty in the ninety mm-hmm. fourth minute. Rescued a point for Charlton. Dave on Twitter says Charlton's man of the match was the referee. The most inept <laughs> display I've seen from an official since Graham Scott handed Villa the playoffs against us. Mm. Yeah, there were a few interesting refereeing decisions mm-hmm. in the game. Before we get onto them, Matt Phillips's goal. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of players needlessly placing their shots in the top corner when they've got a whole <laughs> open goal to aim at. <coughs> yeah. More of that, please. Let's go on to the first refereeing decision. That was the red card. Yeah. So Nathan Ferguson has gone in fairly hard during a tackle. Yeah. Uh, the referee sends off Grady D and Garner. He eventually realises what's happened, rescinds the card and gives it to Nathan Ferguson. Yeah. First of all, what did you make of the sending off? Um, it's, an, it's an interesting one because if it's not a damp day, mm. I don't think it goes in that hard. I think the pitch has played, a, played its part in that and it looks worse at times. He did go in hard. I thought he got the ball, but I think just the momentum just carried him straight through, yeah. straight through the player. I thought he might have got a little nick on the ball. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a borderline between a red and a yellow. Um, mm. It's a it's a harsh red, but I'm sort of understanding why it was a red, because it was such a forceful challenge. I'd say it's more red than yellow. I'm not completely sold that it is a red, mm. but I can understand why. So if it's not quite a red and not a yellow, is it an amber card? There you go. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> I mean, the yellow is meant to be kind of a warning, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Ten minutes later, how Robson Carney scores. Yeah. But he's handballed it. It is a weird mm. one because when you watch it in real time, mm. it's it looks fairly innocuous. But when you see it on the replay slowed down, it's clear that it's hit his arm. And, I mean, only one Charlton player actually appealed for it mm-hmm. so that's the next clanger I don't think there's too much argument about that is there well Ryan you I was completely mesmerised by Robson Carney's goal I didn't see the handball well there you go <laughs> I, I think the charter defenders were as well yeah. we'll get on to Mr Robson Carney in a sec the penalty mm. Carl Bartley is deemed to have fouled Naby Sarr in midair it was, it was a J you wasn't it sorry it was a J I thought it was Bartley. I thought it was a G. Anyway. Either way, a West Brom player has uh, fouled, fouled in quotation marks, Naby Sarr in mid-air. Go on. What do you think? Uh, Again, you break it down. I thought Sarr catches a G or Bartley on on the face with his elbow before he's even made contact with Sarr. Yeah, I I thought it was more of a foul on the West Brom player. So did I. Yeah. I don't know what the referee was thinking with it. It was a soft... It was a soft. It's a soft penalty. It's just because Sars jumped into Bartley uh, or Ajay. He's jumped into the defender. I don't think it's a foul at all. No, no. I, he, he, I, I don't see where the referee was got it from either. No. I he, either. I think you can either say it wasn't a foul either way. If they've both come together like that, I don't think it's a foul. Mm. Sars definitely looking for it as well, isn't he? he of course he is. He knows he's not going to create anything yeah. if he doesn't go down. So he might as well just fall to the ground and the referee's fallen for it, hasn't yeah, he? His touch has taken him away from goal. Why not? I mean, mm. I'm not against that. You know, if it wins a penalty for my team, I'd be buzzing. But it's not a foul. Referees, I 
Austria. So would you say team. West Brom have been robbed of three points here? I mean, of course, they had the handball that went mm-hmm. in their favour, but if the red card hadn't been given and the penalty... Yeah. I mean, if you base it on the decisions, perhaps they have, but the balance of play, I thought a draw was probably a fair result because the game could have been 6-6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The referee is at a terrible day at the office, isn't he? Yeah. It's the kind of day at work where if it was me or you, as soon as you got home, you'd just go straight to bed. Yeah. You'd just yeah. <laughs> try and get to tomorrow as soon as possible. Yeah. Let's talk about something other than the referee then for a sec. How Robson Carnu, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. scored again. Two in two for him now. Charlie Austin has only got one goal so far this season. Mm-hmm. Not particularly impressed in an Albion shirt. Has Bilic got a decision to make? It's interesting because Carnu's not quite a, an out-and-out striker, is he? He's a bit of a winger. He's a bit of a striker. He's, bit, he's, a, he's a forward player. He's quite fluid across the positions. And I think that will benefit West Brom more. Austin had 29 touches and only two inside the opposition box. So he's not really involved in the build-up play. And as well as that, you know, he's not getting on the end of crosses or chances. You'd say with Charlie Austin, if he's <coughs> not scoring, he doesn't really offer much to the team, does he? I don't think he does. He's what is he? He's a cracking player inside the box. Um, but as I said, you know, if you're not getting on the end of chances, and bear in mind, Pereira already put one to Phillips um, to the back stick. You know, there's the sort of positions where you know Austin's got to be, it. you know, an easy pass inside the box, and he and it. It hasn't been the case for him. Mm, yeah, and with Robson Carnu, obviously, <clears throat> he's not the most clinical striker. But I mean, if he's scoring instead of Charlie Austin, and even if Robson Carnu doesn't score, we know what else he brings to the team, doesn't he? He brings physicality. He runs his fucking socks off all afternoon. Yeah. At least he's offering something else to a Charlie Austin who isn't has no, his firing boots on. Absolutely, and you take a leaf out of uh, Bielsa's book. You know, he probably brings more to the team than, than Austin in terms of how West Brom are set up to attack. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's quickly touch on Charlton because we've spent a lot of time talking about this game. Yeah. It is a brilliant point for them, absolutely. isn't it? They absolutely. had loads of chances in this game, as you've said. Gave a really good showing them of themselves and they have had some tough fixtures recently. Mm. As I said on Thursday's episode, the fixtures do ease up after this. Yeah, I can I can see them going on a, on a run. They, they They've been good. Lately, um, but they've been good all season. Um, if they can tighten up defensively, they'll start getting results. Um, you know, they're scoring goals. Bon has been absolutely quality. He's got mm. four goals in his last four games. So, you know, what a signing he is from non-league. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we thought Lau Taylor yeah. got injured, we thought the goals would dry up for mm-hmm. Charlton, but it's not been the case. And Bon has really stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And now it's going to be exciting to see. Taylor and Bon up mm-hmm. front together yeah. when Taylor does come back which we think is soon mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely it's, it's going to be a, there's, there's, they're going to score a lot of goals absolutely Preston 3 Blackburn 2 probably the game of the weekend Preston coming back from 2 down to win against their Lancashire rivals <laughs> Preston have scored more goals at home than anyone else mm-hmm. this season they've scored more goals at Deepdale than 20 other teams have home or away this season they're a different animal at home, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a shame their away record's not quite yeah. as as good, even if it's nearly as good. Well, it's nowhere near as good, really. Exactly. Because if it was, they'd smash this league. No, definitely. They've got one win away from home this mm-hmm. season, and that is the real issue for Alex Neal at this moment in time. But the home form, yeah. let's enjoy it while we've got it. No, absolutely. They're 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 a good team to watch. Um, it's a shame they're not on tally a bit more you know being a bit of an armchair fan at times I'd, I'd love to see them more so a nil-nil draw between Chef Wednesday and Leeds for example <laughs> Dom on Twitter says Tom Barkhazen is the most underrated player in the EFL Tom Barkhazen according to Matty on Twitter is masterclass he's one to watch no yeah he's I mean he's he's in his, his later 20s he's over 25 he's not a young player and he's not he's not new to the scene either he's been about at Preston for a, for a, for a uh, a few years now, he, you know, he caught my eye. As I said, a couple of years ago, I think it was under Grayson, and he, he looks he looked a quality player on the break. He was quick, um, and he, he he smashed goals in for fun. He looks a better player now than he did then, um, mm. which is again a, a bit of a worry because you know he, he's improving. Yeah, well, two in this game, the second one an absolute beauty mm. 
four in his last four now. And you've got to say, if he had a bit more consistency about him, he'd be in the Premier League at this point, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But then, you know, I'm sure his form matches Preston's form over the last couple of years. Mm. So, you know, I, I agree. He, he looks unassuming. He doesn't look like he'd be a quality player. You know, he's quite gangly, quite skinny. Doesn't look as quick as he as quick as he is. Oh, he's absolutely rapid. Exactly. Um, and as I say, tactically, he's, he's been he's been quality. Like he started up front for Preston, um, and his second goal came from the left. Yeah. So the fluidity the fluidity of that team is going to bamboozle other other sides. Yeah. The exciting thing about this Preston side <coughs> is the goals are being shared around. Mm-hmm. They've got six players who have scored two or more goals this season. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely a good thing, isn't it? Because it means you're not relying on the form of one player. No, yeah. A lot of teams doing this league, you know, you look at, um, let's say, Fulham, they're sort of relying on Mitrovic at the moment. Borough always relied on Asamba longer. Um, and we've seen how that's working out exactly. at the moment. So sharing the goals around, you know, they've got Daniel Johnson as well, who's the Lancashire Letitia. Is that what we're going with, is it? Oh, it's, it's going to stick. Um, the penalties, obviously. Oh right, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, goals being shared around the teams only it's, it's, got, it's a massive benefit for them. Yeah, Blackburn then. Not a great result no. losing to your local rivals when you tune it up. Mm-hmm. Six games without a win now, mm-hmm. and it has led to calls for Tony Mowbray to be sacked. You particularly shocked by that? Not really, because as you know, they had a fairly poor start, then they perked up a bit. The style of football. It looked good defensively for a while, but oh, all three goals yesterday were really poor. Apart um, from Barcasins. Yeah, apart from Barcasins, yeah. Um, sorry, two of the goals were really poor. You know, the penalty and the the first goal that Barcasins scores. I'm not surprised. Um, I think they've got a good side and he's not getting enough out of them. I don't think he's been helped by injuries. No. It's got to be said. Defensively, losing Lenehan for a few weeks and then... Cunningham pretty much out for the season yeah. now. It's not helped, and we spoke earlier in the season about their defensive issues. Mm-hmm. And then when Cunningham came in, looked like those concerns had eased a bit, yeah. but now they're back again. Going forward, they're struggling for goals. Mm-hmm. Sam Gallagher got his first goal in 28 games. We'll talk about him in a sec. Dax not as free-scoring as he was no. last season. There's plenty of issues in this Blackburn team, isn't there? No, absolutely. And I suppose the argument is from Blackburn fans is that a change of management would deal with that, wouldn't it? Yeah, they they've had um, quite a large turnover in the squad. They haven't. I thought they recruited fairly well in the summer, taking Gallagher out of the the equation. They probably needed a bit more at the back. Obviously, getting rid of Mulgrew and not replacing him was a bit strange. I know they brought in Cunningham, but they got um, Adebayo. Haven't they? Yeah, I've not been convinced by him. Mm. Uh, he wasn't very good at West Brom last season. I know he's still young, but this this Blackburn team's got a lot of experience in, and it's just not it's not clicking. Yeah, Sam Gallagher first goal in twenty eight. As I say, can we see him kicking on now? Or? Not really. No, he, he's, he's not been an inspiring signing, has no. he? No, I've I, I rated him a couple of seasons ago when he was at Blackburn. I think he had double figures that season. He has got the quality, but I just don't think. I don't, I don't think it's the it's the quality of the player, is it? It's no. the price tag that's come with him. The the price tag, the salary is going to be on. I remember, I think it was a couple of seasons ago, he was linked with a move away from Southampton on loan and he just signed a new contract to Southampton. I think it was north of 30k a week for a player who hasn't really done much. No. It's, no one's going to pay that and obviously Blackburn have. Ugh. They make some interesting financial decisions, don't they, Blackburn? Yes. Well, they, when they came down a couple of seasons ago, they spent, what, six, seven million on Jordan Rhodes, didn't they? Well, he works out fairly well, well didn't he? did, he? yeah, but, you know, I mean, they, they're quite happy to flash the cash, but it does, it's not balanced throughout the team. You've got a yeah. seven, five, six million pound player up front and then a couple of free transfers dotted around elsewhere. It's, you know, sp- spread the money. Preston is a great example of mm. doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Millwall 2, Stoke nil. Ben Thompson and Jed Wallace with the goals. Gary Rabbit's first game in charge of Millwall. Gary Rabbit's first win in charge of Millwall against his old club, where he didn't leave on the best of terms. 
Good day for Gary Rowett. Very good day for Gary Rowett. And very good day for Jed Wallace. A very good day for Jed Wallace. <coughs> we'll talk about him in a sec. The most impressive thing about this win, for me, is how they completely shut down Stoke mm-hmm. in this game. And this is a Stoke team who have created plenty of chances yeah. this season. They've just struggled to put them away. Mm-hmm. And defensively, they've leaked goals. Yeah. This game completely shut down. They had three shots all game. It's the kind of day where you could have been in goal. And kept a clean sheet. Oh, I, That's not doubting your goalkeeping ability. No, I I once went in goal on a Saturday morning when I was like 16 and I conceded like nine goals. So I wouldn't push it that far. Okay. What if it was like Space Jam where you've gone into Bartosz Bielkowski's body and they... The, the only reason I'm saying this is because the Millwall... Uh, the Stoke team might have looked at you in goal and thought, oh, we'll just shoot from anywhere. But if they see Bartosz Bielkowski, but it's with your ability, you'd be around, wouldn't you? I guess so, but I don't think that's you know, scientifically possible. Just to dampen the theory. Maybe we can try it out. You never know. Might get arrested. Yeah, potentially. Anyway. Jed Wallace had one hell of a game. <laughs> a goal and an assist, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. He, he is a quality player, isn't he? No, he is. Again, another player that's quite unassuming because he's, he's lightning quick and he's quality on the right-hand side. He was he was a fairly decent player at Wolves um, and then I was surprised that no one else came in for him. Millwall got him. And he's he's one of them players that's got a bit of an all-round package. You know, he's, he's, His set-pieces are quality. He's calling his free kicks, obviously penalties. And, you know, he's, he's a cracking winger his crossing's brilliant and as we saw yesterday made mincemeat of about four or five mm. Stoke players um, he could shine in this Millwall team under Rowett now couldn't absolutely, he absolutely absolutely. especially um, when you've got Bradshaw up front who's mm-hmm. firing him in for fun yeah. as well as we say really <coughs> excited by this Millwall team at the moment I don't think a push out the play- for the playoffs is out of the question no um, and obviously January's coming up so it'll, it'll be a good time I think for Rowett to bring in a couple of players that you might know well, where Quite do you well. think they need to strengthen? I'd like to see, might be a bit harsh, but a bit, a bit more depth at full-back. Um, I'm not hugely convinced by Murray Wallace. He seems quite slow, you know, so maybe a, um, in there. I might be wrong, I, I don't watch Millwall every week, but I like a good attacking full-backs. Um, I know it's not necessarily the Millwall way, but that might be a nice change for them, I think. Another striker, maybe? Matt Smith is... He's scored a couple this season, mm-hmm. but well, not not too much recently. A partner for Bradshaw, maybe. They got by Varson, Smith, and obviously Bradshaw. There's three decent strikers at this level. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna. By Varson and Smith aren't gonna score ten, fifteen goals. So if they can get seven or eight each, and then Bradshaw chip him with another ten, fifteen, that's a pretty decent return. Yeah, Stoke then. <coughs> Look like Nathan Jones had turned the corner with this Stoke side, but it's starting to look like that was a bit of a false dawn. Yes and no. We saw, well, we mentioned in the week that it was almost a must-win game for Jones just because, you know, he's suffered back-to-back defeats. And, he's, you know, it's, it's another defeat and a poor performance. But then again, he's not helped by individuals. OK, the first Millwall goal was quality, but as I say, the Jed Wallace run for the penalty, could have easily been avoided. And he's taken on experienced defenders. Martin Zindi is a World Cup semi-finalist, um, playing Champions League football five years ago. Where's that player? Mm. Yeah, absolutely fair point. Stoke shut down, looked very uninspiring here. Two losses in a row now after two wins in mm. a row. We said winning here would be important for how they go on for the rest of the season it'll be interesting how they go on now yeah. and whether Nathan Jones relieved himself of some pressure with those two wins back on again, isn't and it? now it's back on again. Yeah. At least he's got a next, an easy game for the next one. West Brom. <laughs> Even if it was a couple of draws, it's fine, isn't it? Because he's still getting points on the board. Yeah. But, you know, it's not, it's two defeats and it's, it's not good. Absolutely. Just finally on Stoke. This is from Stoke Loud and Proud on Twitter. <coughs> I'm not sure how true this is, Mm -hmm. but it sounds right. If Stoke don't get promoted back to the Premier League by the end of next season, they'll be deducted points for breaching financial fair play rules unless they sell £30 million plus 
worth of players to offset the money spent last season on transfers. I don't think they have £30 million plus worth of players. Well, you would have said Butland, wouldn't you? But his no one's form, going to pick him up now, are they? No one's. You wouldn't pay £10 million for him no, now, would you? Definitely not. You um, probably would have got at least 20 for him. Yeah. In this summer, just gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, a Fobe is probably your main asset, and he's not even a Stoke player. No. Like, Tyrese Campbell, if he kicks on? That's a gamble. Gamble for Campbell. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, nil leads nil. Uh, I haven't put down this person's name on Twitter, but someone's tweeted us saying, <coughs> entertaining game, can't believe there were no goals, just bad luck and good goalkeeping. Mm. Whole Wednesday team impressed, but particularly Sam Hutchinson, who played centre-back with a few minutes mm. notice. Yeah. Going into this weekend, it probably was the game of the weekend. Then the game did happen and not much happened. Why didn't we put a bet on it? We said no, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, it's... I'd put this down as similar to Leeds' points at Preston in midweek. A point suits both sides, really, doesn't it? It does. It's... I think it's Sheffield Wednesday probably coming away from that I'm thinking um, we're probably unfortunate not to win there. They, They had the better chances, I thought. I know Leeds hit the post, but the chances that Leeds created were almost half chances at times. Um... That's probably more credit to, to Chef Wednesday and the way they were set up. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not common for nil nil draws to be quite up, quite far up our running order. But it's, this was a good game. It's, it's only because it was such an important game mm. at the top of the table. As I say, not much happened. There were a, a few big chances, yeah. but getting onto that, this is our new weekly feature. Justin Patrick Bamford or Eddie Nketiah. They both had a half in this game. Mm-hmm. Both had one shot. Bamford probably the better chance. Yeah. Who are you edging with at the moment? Um, I I'm going to edge with uh, Edge. I'm going to edge with Ed. Edge with Ed. Okay, fantastic. Um, I mean, I mean, he came on here, and we've been banging the drum for Eddie and Ketia yeah. to get a game, but I don't think he particularly did much when he did come on. No, but he. Right. Well, I, I mean, thought Bamford didn't either, apart from that no, big chance. I, I put down here Bamford. Bamford had eighteen touches in the first half. Mm. That doesn't, you know, we we're saying in the week that Bielsa likes Bamford because it, the way he contributes to the attacking play. Eighteen touches doesn't sh- say to me you're contributing massively to us going forward. And Ketia had twenty-eight. Um, there are times where I know he clobbered Pelopusi. Is that his name? I know he clobbered him with his elbow, but you know he was drifting side to side, um, and he and he's a lot better with his feet than Bamford. You know there are times where he broke into the box, maybe could have passed it, squared it, but he's a young player, he's a good talent. I, I saw more from Enketia than I did Bamford that in 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 that game. Fair enough. This is from LUFC Data on Twitter. Leeds completed just 58 final third passes against Chef Wednesday, mm-hmm. the lowest tally in a single competitive match under Marcello Bielsa. Mm-hmm. LUFC Data says it shows they're desperately in need of Pablo Hernandez's return. Yeah. No, absolutely. We know how big a player he is. Um, it's not even up for debate. Yeah. So Their best player, isn't he? But... It sounds harsh, but probably by a country mile. Without Pablo Hernandez in that Leeds team last season, they're not as uh, potent going forward. They, they lack creativity, don't they? Badly in the but, final third. And, and it showed in this game. <clears throat> no, definitely. Without Hernandez, who are you looking to to, to break lines? Mm. Click, not necessarily. He's, he's a bit box-to-box. He, you know, he's, he scores goals every now and then. It's, I, I'm not, I've not been impressed with Harrison this season. I don't, I want him. I've never been impressed with him particularly. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at the lead side without Hernandez and I'm thinking, who's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck here and do something more interesting? Speaking of grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck, Barry Bannon. Fucking quality, isn't he? We, well, we love him. He'd get into every midfield in the championship. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. And he's playing a bit more. He's played a bit further forward. Um, some of the stuff he was doing in this game is sensational he probably got one of the best left foots in England it's, it's a bit of a claim but his left foot is it's lovely to watch yeah, just, yeah. just a shame he's a bit small and stubby yeah still quality still quality yeah Huddersfield 2 Barnsley 1 from one Yorkshire derby to another Christoph Schindler <clears throat> and Carlin Grant scoring for Huddersfield the Danny Cowley train 
They're going up. It's another train. <laughs> what? Another mode of transport? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we had the Forest Bandwagon. <coughs> this is the Huddersfield train. We've got a new one. Okay. <laughs> but I, 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 what this train is heading towards, because we have mentioned playoffs. No. They're still a bit away from the playoffs. And it would take a sensational run of form, considering their start of the season, mm-hmm. for them to get in the playoffs. This train at the moment, I'd say the destination is heading for the top half. You do like your claims, don't you? I just think Cowley, we know what he can do at Lincoln. He performed miracles there. Mm -hmm. The way he has turned Huddersfield around from a team lacking goals to, I mean, they're not free scoring at the moment, but they're getting results. Mm -hmm. And that's what matters. They're functional. They're functional, yeah. Efficient. Their other players in the team are grabbing goals. Mm-hmm. Barnsley, this was a game where they would expect three points, but they had to get the three points at the end of the day because yeah. Huddersfield and Barnsley both had to start the season well. As we said on Thursday, yeah. Huddersfield were second favourites to get relegated. Mm-hmm. They're looking like a good side at the moment. And yeah. we, we know the quality they've got in their team. They're just not performing well. And... Cowley looks like he's turned the corner. No, yeah, definitely the Cowleys. Um, <laughs> they're they're unbeaten in six, and that's you know, it's not a fluke. They've got some good results on the way. Um, they haven't had a run of games that has been particularly difficult, so they've not played you know teams that are competing at the top. You know, as, as a run of games, as I'm saying, um, but their performances have been so much better, and that's that's. Pretty much, you know, that's dragging him out. Um, Carlin Grant's contributing a lot more than he was, even though he was the only player contributing at the time. He's now, he's, you know, he, he looks more confident with the ball um, when he gets it. And obviously, you know, Christian Schindler scored a poacher's goal. You know, it's, it's weird seeing a centre half in a six-yard box not scoring with their head. So that tells you that they're taking more more chances, more risks. You know, it's again before the Cowleys came in, they were nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah, they have moved up to 20th in the table <coughs> now, so they are edging away from the relegation mm-hmm. zone. You said they were in a relegation battle in the season, yeah. but that was under Jan Sieven, yeah, in fairness. Yeah. They're in no danger of getting relegated now, are they? The, the quality of players they have, they, they shouldn't have been anywhere near the relegation zone, um, but they looked a shambles. They, they looked terrible. And as soon as the Cowleys came in, I think it was obviously they, they lost against Sheffield Wednesday... And then they lost against West Brom, but they looked so much better. They they have turned the corner. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they they really have. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to get sucked in, sucked back into that relegation battle now, are they? No. Let's go to Barnsley then, because we thought Adam Murray was making this Barnsley team better, mm-hmm. and I think in fairness he has. But this is a loss. <coughs> Could you see? Barnsley potentially being cut adrift because he takes Stoke out of the equation the next team up is Middlesbrough mm-hmm. who they're four points behind now could they be cut adrift? Well well, they've not won since the opening day right? It's hard to see them getting points isn't it? Yeah um, I look at their team and I say you know, I, I'm not convinced I think the turnover in the squad in the summer was too high for a team coming up you know you pretty much take apart your promotion winning team it, it's not Ideal. They're for me. They've only. They're only it, it's an easy way of saying it, but they've only got two players that catch my eye, which is Mauer and Woodrow. They've got to start trying to get the best out of other players, and it's difficult because they're, they're young, they're inexperienced at championship level. I I can't see them doing any more than they are. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Birmingham two, Luton one. Lucas Jukvits wrapped up the three points for Blues. Luton have lost three of their last four now. And the Bristol City results a week or so ago, where they won 3 0, mm-hmm. they looked really impressive there. But looks like it might have just been a flash in the pan. Luton are hot and cold. I don't think they'll get relegated because I think there are teams that are worse than them. Do you think? No, definitely. I, Who? I, well, Barnsley for a start. Okay. Borough can't score. Luton have no issue in scoring. They just not quite good defensively. I think it, I think they're only a few tweaks away from starting to pick up results. In my opinion, might might be generous, but 
I think I, I you know, as I say, I've seen enough from from this Luton team to suggest that they're not. They'll be in a relegation battle, but I don't think they'll be one of the teams that go down. I'm not convinced. I think Barnsley, yeah. I don't want to write them off completely just yet, but it's not looking hopeful for them. Mm-hmm. Looking at the other teams near the bottom, Middlesbrough, yeah. I mean, if they got rid of got rid of Woodgate, might be a different story. Stoke, not going well at the moment, mm-hmm. but you get the feeling they'd turn it around eventually, wouldn't they? And then you've got Luton, Wigan. That's where I'm. I'm looking at Luton and Wigan at the yeah. moment. Uh, as we say, Blues Dave on Twitter says once again, Blues playing some lovely football should have been out of sight by half time. Luton had a ten minute spell second half, but it would have been a travesty had we not won this game. Harry on Twitter says played Luton off the park. Crowley was a different class. Things really coming together at Blues could have easily been five one. We're one pacey number nine away from the playoffs. Yeah, Shay Adams. Get him back. There are shadows away. Yeah, we said that. Said that in the week, didn't we? Um, Birmingham are—they're a good side. They're inconsistent, um, but we're seeing more more players contribute now. You know, Crowley didn't get a look in at the start of the season. He's coming and he's been a different class. And as well as that, again, I said it in the week. I've been huge. I was hugely impressed with the the fullbacks. Again, Colin, you know, um, linked up well with Crowley, and then. They provided the assist for Christian Pedersen. I know Christian Pedersen messed up for the goal, but he's you know he's still still popped up again in in the six yard box. Weirdly, yeah. Um, Pacey number nine away for being the playoffs. Uh, maybe a bit too much, bit too far. But they know. are only two points off at the moment. The the top of the table is tight. It's really tight. Yeah. I mean between second and. 11th you've got three points separating them which is pretty incredible really when you consider how dominant Leeds have been at times this mm-hmm. season they're third Birmingham are only three points behind them well we're coming up to November now and no team has looked like they're going to run away with it the third of a season in mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a tight season It's a, I'm surprised teams aren't more consistent because it's not in terms of quality it's not been one of the best like divisions of recent years in my opinion I don't, I don't disagree with that I think there have been better teams I would say there hasn't been you know this ridiculous standard of team mm-hmm. like Wolves for example yeah. who just dicked the league and, <laughs> and ran off and, yeah. but I'd say the top teams good standard it's a good standard but you know, West Brom did their business late. Leeds didn't really add to their side. Um, who else? Fulham again added to their squad late. You know, these are the teams that we're look, looking at to sort of dominate the league. It's not. It's not really. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really one of the, the better leagues for me. I, I think it'll start to click in a few weeks. Yeah, but yeah, not not the best one. Yeah, let's go to Hall Two. <laughs> Derby nil. Sorry, <laughs> my stomach keeps rumbling, and I don't know why. It's really distracting. <laughs> it's really loud. It's really loud. I'm not sure if it would have been picked up on the microphone. But <coughs> that was incredible. It just kept doing it. It's still doing it now. <laughs> Jesus. Let's crack on. Uh, Hull 2, Derby nil. Jared mm. Barron got both of the goals. We say this on a regular basis. Why hasn't a Premier League club tried to get Jared Bowen? No, yeah, it's strange. The guy scored 44, 44 league goals in two and a half seasons. Flipping heck. And he's still only 22. And he's still only 22. It's... You'd have thought a Premier League club would be eating him up straight away. Yeah, one of the teams that have gone up from the Premier League. I'd... Are we missing something? Unless he's like, I don't know, disrespectful to his teammates. <laughs> Slapping them as soon as he gets into yeah. the changing rooms. <laughs> you um, see that video of uh, the manager slapping the players in Turkey. Well, it looks like um, Neil did that half time for Preston, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bowen, it, it, something we must be missing. Something that the Premier League clubs have realised. There's something wrong with him because the fact that he hasn't been picked up is ludicrous. 
Uh, I, yeah, I agree. How, I mean, how often do we do we see Hall win and it not be around Jared Bowen? Not often. Yeah, I, and obviously Grzycki created both the goals. Yeah, without them two, Jesus Christ, where would they be? Where would they be? Mm. It's 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 worrying thought. And let's be honest, someone's going to come in for Bowen in January, are they? How much would you be asking for Bowen? Oh Christ, I don't know, fifteen, twenty million. You'd have thought, considering how important <coughs> he is to this Hull team, that they should be asking for more, really, shouldn't they? Hull have sold quite cheaply over the years. See, that's my worry. Maguire that... went for 15 million, didn't he? Yeah. And Robertson only went for like 7 million. I don't know if there were release clauses after they got relegated. And obviously, Hullison went for 2.5, and, and Curtis Davis went for 500,000. Someone's, you know, pulling the wool over our eyes at, at Hull. <laughs> Well, the results will see Hall move into the top half. Yeah. Can they stay there, providing they do keep Bowen and Krasicki for the rest of the season? Um, again, they're a hot and cold team. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they lose the next game. Um, they need to find form from other players. I'm looking at um, Eves, McGuinness obviously hit a bit of form. They need contribution from elsewhere otherwise... We were saying about Preston that they've got players contributing left, right and centre. Hull only have Bowen scoring the goals and Grosicki doing it every now and then. Mm. So it's really hard to pinpoint how Hull are going to do. Yeah, Derby had their chances in this game. Mm-hmm. Didn't take them. Their rotten away form continues. Yeah. Haven't won since the first day of the season mm-hmm. away from home. And we were saying on Thursday they've not particularly played well since the first game of the season which was away mm-hmm. home form is relatively solid but it's just not clicking at Derby is it and Cocky's uh, no. getting plenty of stick from <clears throat> Derby fans yeah it's I, I feel for him because he's, we know he, he's had it tough in the sense that he came in late you know he's, he's had to replace a lot of players you know I think he's trying to find the right pattern for Derby because looking at Derby I don't know what style of play they they play I don't know what style of play they can play because the standard of player isn't what it used to be what it used to be there and I think fans need to get real in that sense yeah Koku has been stitched up a bit really anti with their business because losing three quality players they're all playing international football now Mm -hmm. it tells you something about the state of things at Derby and yeah one thing we keep forgetting about Justin is Rooney is going to be joining in January. Yeah. It could be a game changer, couldn't it? Can he play centre-half? Can he play on the wing? Can he play in goal? <laughs> That's the thing, is it? <clears throat> there are a lot of gaps in this Derby team that need sorting out. Yeah. Can they even afford to sort them out in well, January? Can they sell the training ground? <sighs> can they sell the ground again? It's worth... It, they've got to make the most of the loan window, haven't they? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, saying that, I, Lawrence and Dow both looked good yesterday. And they've got to look to players like Lawrence, who cost them a lot of money. He's the creative spot going forward. And obviously, Dow's played poorly. Um, and again, as I say, he looked good. And he, he's, he's going to be the creative spark in that final third. Darby had 800 touches yesterday. Which is, I think it was a league high yesterday. Um, so obviously not turning possession into penetration. They need to do more. Well, they, they, as I say, they created loads of chances, yeah. just not taking them. Yeah. And I think we were talking about uh, Austin and Bamford being two of the most underperforming strikers in the league. Waghorn's up there as well. Yeah. He didn't start yesterday, though, did he? No, he's not looked anywhere near as good as he did last season. No. Um, but then again, Derby attacking-wise haven't been anywhere near as good as last season. So... There's a lot of issues in yeah. the start between isn't there? Definitely. Bristol City 2, Wigan 2. Pedro Pereira's late goal grabbed a point for Bristol City. <coughs> and the main takeaway from this game, Justin, for me, is what I said to you on Thursday's episode. Wigan are getting better. Yeah. 19 shots in this game to Bristol City's 9. But and why, this is Wigan away from home. But why can't they score? Jay Dunkley's well, a top scorer. From set pieces. Set pieces, Let's yeah. Let's take set pieces out of it because we know they can score from set pieces and we know, I think, well, Dunkley scored all of his goals from set pieces. He's got five. Mm. The nearest top scorer is, is he's, got, he's got one. Yeah. 
The centre-half's your top scorer. The thing is, I saw Kiefer Moore on, in midweek against Derby. Yeah. He's getting in the right positions. And usually when that happens, it does eventually click. So th- there's a lot of money that's been spent on Kiefer Moore. Mm-hmm. But he he can be a quality player. He's, he's an international, for God's sake. Yeah. So you'd have thought it will click eventually. Jamal Lowe as well, mm-hmm. he's a quality player. I feel like it will click for this Wigan team, man. And I've I've been banging the drum for them being prime relegation candidates this yeah. season. If they carry on at this rate, I mean they've only got four points from the last three. Not bad for Wigan, and they're three relatively tough games. Yeah, then they could move ahead. I after signing low more, I expected a lot more from the Wigan side especially goals wise I don't think Lowe scored this season I don't think Moore has either um, they're not doing enough Moore hasn't been prolific at championship level ever um, so to spend 3 million on a player like that is is a risk you know, he did it last season his conversion rate was so much better last season than it has been in his career ever but as I say it is a risk and you know when you've got players like Massey who isn't prolific yeah, he, he was bearing down on a one-on-one with Bentley. Could have squared it, and he scuffed his shot. Bentley saved it. If they square it, Wigan go three-one um, up, and that to me is the game wrapped up. Yeah, Bristol City. Then they probably would have <coughs> expected three points from this game. Mm-hmm. Sixth in the table now, but I get the feeling they won't be hanging around in the playoffs. It's difficult to say because they've got players coming back, and Callis is back in training. So defensively, I think they'll start to tighten up. Um, to say they won't be in the playoffs is a bit harsh. I think. I think, I think. I think they'll be challenging there for the whole season, but I think just the injuries they've had, yeah. poor results like this one. We talk about Streaky Lee Johnson; he won <laughs> in midweek, but this isn't a great result. Losing three 0 to Luton, yeah. not a great result either. <clears throat> they need to limp to January, don't they? So they can bring in a striker. They've got, they've got Rodri, they've got Jeju. I know they're not prolific. Jeju gets 13 goals a season. Mm. So, But then again, I, I, I don't think relying on Vyman for goals is a necessarily smart thing either because although he, again, I've said it before, he's, he's another streaky player. He'll go on a run of form scoring goals. Um, so it, for me, he's not necessarily overly prolific. I think they need, they probably need two strikers. One of the, the Phobi mould and one of the Vyman mould you know someone who's quick and sharp in front of goal Okay, Middlesbrough nil Fulham nil this game was up in the air after Fulham keeping Marek Rodak was sent off in the 17th minute I'd have expected Fulham to be getting three points here but when you're down to ten men so early on it's hard to put your finger on who would be more disappointed with a point here well Borough have scored three goals in seven games so I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they couldn't break down a poor Fulham defence with ten men. So you're saying Middlesbrough would be the more disappointed here? I think so. I think again, it it sounds harsh. I think Fulham could have could have beat Borough. They looked more solid. They went to three at the back. Um, so Woodgate's trying to do something different. But two wins in twelve says it all for Borough. And obviously, as I said, three goals in seven games again says it all for Borough. Yeah, Joseph on Twitter says. <coughs> Game ruined by an early red card. Fulham sat back and Borough woeful up top. The season is a worry because of a lack of goals. Mm-hmm. We don't score. If we don't start scoring more regularly, then relegation is almost certain. Mm. Sean on Twitter says, I hear we're still out there trying to get the ball in the net. Fulham stayed for a bit, but eventually managed it and went home. Still better than Pulis. Mind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, Borough had their chances in this game, but didn't put them away, which yeah. just about sums them up. They're the second lowest goal scorers yeah. in the league. Who's the lowest? Barnsley, I oh. think, off the top of my head. Oh. Might be Wigan, actually. Uh, well, that's what happens when you create so <coughs> few chances. And when you do create them, they're going to two men in Asambalanga and Ashley Fletcher, who are just woefully out of form. I don't think Fletcher's ever been in form, by the way. I saw. Yeah. Remember when he was at Man U? What was Man U, on it? He went on loan to Barnsley, didn't he? And he scored a hat full of goals. He was tipped for big things, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And he's ended up at Sunderland, Middlesbrough. He went to West Ham first. West Ham as well. 
and he's never looked too convincing particularly. Not really, no. Um, and I feel for him because he's still a young player. Mm. But as as pointing it out, you know, relying on Fletcher for goals isn't isn't overly wise because he's never been prolific and obviously Sombolonga's out of form so yeah. and it goes back to what we were saying earlier Preston the goals are being shared rounds mm-hmm. Middlesbrough on the other hand have been relying on the Sombolonga to put the ball in the back of the net this season it's not worked no Rob Borough do drop into the bottom three with this result and you look at the players in that team I'm thinking like Daniel Ayala was a few seasons ago one of the best defenders in the division yeah, and now he's playing in a Borough team who are in real danger of going down Yeah, we look at Huddersfield and Stoke we mm-hmm. expect them to move up the table Stoke mm-hmm. maybe not as much Borough considering the standard players in that team you'd have thought they would do but I'm, I'm not convinced when you compare them to other teams let's say Luton for example Luton are still scoring goals Um and obviously, goals win games. Goals yeah. get points. Analysis. We got it. <laughs> Forest v Reading was abandoned. All right. Now, Justin, there were varying reports of just how wet the pitch at the city ground actually was. The Forest Twitter had large puddles beside the pitch, but there have been other pictures where it doesn't look particularly bad. There's something about Midlands and weather postponements Hmm. this has inevitably led to accusations from Reading supporters that Forest wanted the game to be off because they're not in great form Reading are in decent form and also Forest have had a few injuries but we couldn't possibly entertain those allegations Justin that's the worst conspiracy theory I've ever heard because the only way out of form is to play games the only way you're going to break form is to play games and there are teams in better form than Reading but they've also had a lot of injuries, Forest. They've also got the biggest squad in the Championship. Fair point. And quite a lot of those players could probably get into the Reading team. It's got to be said, I think a Championship game being called off for a waterlogged pitch in 2019 is embarrassing. Yes or, or no. Unless it's Hillsborough, where a few seasons ago, where it was oh, literally well, underwater. can still play on it. There's no excuse for me. I don't know, because... The sit ground's literally on the banks of the Trent. I work in Nottingham and it literally pissed it down 24-7 all week. I haven't actually been in Nottingham all week, but it was raining heavily. I get your point. But all I'm going to say is, Basford United in the Northern Premier League, oh, shit. five miles away from the sit ground, okay. their game was on yesterday. Fair enough. I think that's County played at home as well, didn't they? No, no, they weren't. I checked. Because I thought, oh, if right. not County are on <laughs> and the city ground isn't, something's up there. Uh, but yeah, just leaving that there, we make have, of that what you we will. We should investigate this and do another podcast. Football conspiracy theories. Delve deep into spooky postponements. Well, as you say, Derby had one a few exactly. seasons ago against Cardiff. Exactly. Didn't that was a bit questionable. But we'll leave that there. Brentford, QPR tomorrow night. Not very often we don't have all the games wrapped mm. up. But uh, that that game is happening on Monday night, probably when a lot of people are listening to this podcast. Yeah. A win here for either team will show just how tight it is in the top half, yeah. as we've said many a time in this episode. QPR would go second with a win. <laughs> actually could go second with a win, I should yeah. say. While Brentford would only be four or five points off second if they were victorious. It's strange because QPR, a couple of games ago, I think seven or eighth, and now they could go second with a win. Yeah. Which obviously says how tight it is, but that's that's going to be a very good game because one, Brentford has started to pick up again. Yeah. They started to get into a gear. And QPR, we know they attack so, so well and defensively not so, so well. And Brentford have kind of been the other way around this season, yes. haven't they? Where they've so, defensively been very solid. And not scored as many, but they have got their scoring boots on a bit recent, yeah. a bit more recently. And side Ben Rama, if he carries on his mm-hmm. form, he could cause absolute misery. That's what I mean. I think it might be a bit too much for that QPR defence. But then again, these games, it's a local, it's a local derby. Yeah. Which way are you going? I want to edge towards Brentford, but I could easily see this game ending in a one-one. Yeah, I'm probably edging more towards a Brentford win. Maybe a draw. 
It's well, mainly it's mainly because of the QPR defence. So I think yeah. it, I think if there are going to be, I think there will be goals in this game. Um, it's just perhaps Brentford just starting to pick up form at the right time. Mm. They might edge it. Yeah. Just finally, one last point on Brentford. There has been talk of them recalling Marcus Force, mm-hmm. who's on loan at Wimbledon at the moment. Seven goals in seven games for them so far. That includes a hat-trick a couple of weeks ago. They obviously got rid of more pay mm-hmm. in the summer. <clears throat> Watkins has been playing up front instead. He's been doing very well. Yeah. But you feel like if they did bring back Force, then it could be a Force. Oh, I was going to use that pun. <laughs> Could be a force to be reckoned with, and you took it away from me. Um, but, uh, an, an inform Marcus Force with Watkins on the left, yeah. Ben Rama on the right, could work, couldn't it? It could work, and we know that Brentford. I've got a looking at Josh De Silva, who unfortunately I, I really wanted to give him credit, but we didn't have enough time because um, he's been quality since he's come in. He's coming in and replaced Jensen, who's underperformed. Um, and as I was, my point being, you know, they've got a good history of bringing players through um, their under-23 team into the into the first team. Um, they put a lot of faith in that. And force being out on loan and getting goals is, is good for Brentford. And I think having that, not a plan B, but a second option off the bench. Because then Watkins can move out wide and force play centrally. It adds options. It's, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they were calling. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go <coughs> to the other news from the week, yeah. Justin. We've got to rattle through these because time is getting on a bit. Reading's Boxing Day game with QPR has been moved to half seven at night. It's horrible. Boxing Day as well. Reading fans and possibly QPR fans. I haven't seen QPR fans, but Reading fans are particularly unhappy about it. It's not a, It's not far to go, is it? It's not like... You'd... I think it's more the precedent of half seven on Boxing Day. Yeah, I'm usually asleep by then. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Rodwell. Oh my God. Joining Roma. <laughs> Is that Blackburn last season playing 21 games? Roma have said to have had an injury crisis, but is it that bad? It's so random. So random. Yeah. I, I can't think of a more random transfer off the top of my head. We're going to have to put a call out on Twitter for that. Oh, yeah. Anyone who has a more random transfer than Jack Rodwell to Roma, give us a shout. But I can't think of anything because we're talking about a Roma team in the Champions League. And they're getting Rodwell, who was a bit part player at the championship team last season. Can you imagine Roma winning the Champions League this season? Or no, the Europa League this season? Whatever competition you're in. And that quiz on Sporkle. <laughs> who was the centre-half or who was the centre-mid playing that game? Oh, is it De Rossi? Is it, is it Nine Golden? They're not there. Bloody Rodwell. <laughs> Bristol City striker Famara Jeju was pictured on Twitter spending time talking to a homeless lady selling the big issue. He also gave her a bit of cash. Nice guy. guy. Well, yeah, it's nice, but you know, if you're going to take a big issue, you hopefully pay for it. So. I presume he did give, buy a big issue. He gave her money. Is that nice. right? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Sticking with Bristol City, they've signed up to the Hedgehog Society. The club will be promoting awareness of how people can protect hedgehogs. The ground staff will have stickers on their mowing and cutting equipment to remind them to check for hedgehogs before using them. Okay. There are probably more pressing things to raise awareness of, Um, especially in football. I think it's a good cause. Hedgehogs, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't don't start criticising the hedgehogs. I know I'm being a bit prickly about the subject. Damn it! I'm about to use that! (laughs) A Fulham fan brought a whole Victoria sponge cake to their game against Luton. Now, this has got criticism, but I I love cake. Now, if this guy's handing out Victoria sponge, I'm taking a slice. I don't know if he was handing out the Victoria he sponge. Can't, he can't put down a whole sponge by himself. I presume he was with other people. He didn't just turn up and bring a whole Victoria sponge cake to the game by himself. We've all done weird things, Ryan. What's the strangest food you've bought to a game? Um, that's a great question. I can't think of anything top of my head. Nothing strange. I used to bring a flask. Just oh, no, that's fine. Everyone brings flasks yeah. to games. I mean, we're living in this age now where it's not just pies that can be brought at games nowadays, is it? You've got pizzas, for example. Yeah. Having pizzas at a football match doesn't sit right with me at all. Not Especially really, when no. I see the prices. 
won't go into who I'm accusing there. How did he get a Victoria's sponge into the ground? That's quite a chunky thing to bring in. You'd need a bigger bag. To be fair, I can't imagine Fulham fans get searched. They're not, they're not known for being the rowdiest group yeah, of supporters. I'll make no disrespect to the Fulham Ultras. And just finally, a man's been arrested after driving himself to his own driving test in Birmingham. Police say he'd already failed his test ten times. He was driving himself to his own test. It was in a stolen car as well. I don't want to... You might want to just repeal that it accusation. might have been in his car or someone else's car. It could have been that it was in someone else's car, but because he wasn't licensed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Registration. Yeah, there you go. There's your lesson. I'm not a new reader. Libelous claims. <laughs> Let's go on to some polls, Justin. <clears throat> so, at the start of this episode, we asked you three questions. The first one Tony Mowbray, stick with him or sack him? What would you go with? Uh, I'd replace. 61% said stick with him. Okay. That's a bit strange. I've seen so many Blackburn fans saying he needs to get. He's going, but... Maybe. Then again, who do you bring in? I saw Mark Hughes mentioned. Oh, my God. Get away from football. <laughs> Jonathan Woodgate, stick with him or sack him? Um, I like him, but this Borough side's got a lot of problems. I'd sack him. 70% said sack him. Mm-hmm. So not too much doubt there. And finally, is a hot dog a sandwich? What was it last week? 91% said no. 87% said no. We're changing minds. It's moving. We're changing minds. As I say, I'm going to keep asking this every single week. Until, until we get 50, it our way. Until the majority 52%. say yes. 52%. Don't stop getting political with these <laughs> polls. You always do this. If we get 50% or more saying yes, I've done a job. We should put out some infographics with all of our known knowledge on the subject so far because we made a few good points and then maybe we can start to educate we... people okay you made some good points thank you and maybe we can start to educate people absolutely absolutely let's get on to the craig bryson pub quiz justin so i have a mystery player i'm going to give justin six clues it's a player who has over 200 championship appearances and must have played relatively recently the first clue justin i have made 200 and 64 championship appearances, scoring 19 goals. That's the defender. Mm. Michael Johnson. It's not Michael Johnson. Okay. I shall move on. I made my professional debut in 1994 at the age of 17, playing for Grimsby. John Oster. It is John Oster. Oh! <laughs> Oh my so, word! John Oster is a player who I am aware of. I know of him from his spells at Doncaster and Reading. Yeah, I didn't know too much else about him, but you clearly know plenty about I knew, him. Yeah, because he had a loan spell at Grimsby, and obviously, being a Derby fan, I remember Grimsby beating Derby. It was a miserable day, and he scored a free kick. And he was on, oh, he was on loan from Sunderland. At least he didn't get it first time. First time should be like been eight balled in pool mm. but second I, I i can tolerate that i clearly gave you way too much there do you want to know the rest of the clues all right yeah. next year i would move to everton for one and a half million pounds I for everton. that had done me i thought you knew you would know mm. that more than him playing for grimsby i left a couple of seasons afterwards and went on to play for clubs including barnsley burnley and palace okay i remember him playing for burnley but i can't remember barnsley and palace i remember him playing for palace not the other two. Mm. I have 13 caps for Wales. Yeah, I knew as well. I'm a bit of a naughty boy. Yeah, I knew this one as well. <laughs> There's plenty here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My loan spell at Leeds in 2004 was cancelled after an incident at the club Christmas party. Yeah. I entered the career of a reserve team player in 2002 after accidentally shooting him in the eye with an air gun. We all do it. <laughs> and my contract at Sunderland was terminated in 2005 after I was arrested for assault outside a Durham nightclub. Yeah, I knew, I knew his misdemeanours. Would you have got that at the last one? Yeah, yeah definitely. Clue. But I'd have... The other clues... What was the second clue you gave me? 
professional debut for Grimsby in 1994. Yeah, you see, I don't know why that came straight to mind. I know only one Grimsby playing is John Oster, so it's been a bit of luck. I shouldn't have said Grimsby, bit should of luck, I? No. Well, there you go. This has been the second tier podcast. I've enjoyed this episode, Justin. It's been nice. Yeah, it's been yeah. pleasant, hasn't it? Maybe because it's dark outside, I just feel comforted in your presence. Yeah, in our makeshift sound room. It's quite cosy. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Well, thank you for listening. As always, if you could leave a review, it really helps us out when you give us reviews, tell your friends about us, all that. So please do it. We'll be very grateful. Ryan will be very grateful. I will be incredibly grateful. So grateful. But this has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Let's do all right.